I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So many of us are seeking healing these days, and I don't just mean the pandemic or relief from physical aches and pains. To live life is to experience change, which means that every life will be touched by changes that involve loss. Loss of abilities, loss of relationships, loss of accustomed ways of doing things. We spend millions of dollars on medicine, therapy, and advice in our search for healing. And these are often helpful. But there are some wounds that don't seem to respond as fully as we might hope. Some pain, some grief, some losses need a spiritual remedy to complete our healing. Some healing can come only by recognizing and moving towards Christ's presence in our own suffering. In our gospel reading, Simon, later known as Peter, and his companions go out and hunt for Jesus. Now, some versions of this passage soften that verb a little bit, and they say that they searched for him, or they went to look for him, or they followed after him. But I think to say that Simon and his friends hunted for Jesus points to something more intense, more compelling in their search. To say that on the morning after Jesus had healed so many, Simon and his friends hunted for Jesus conveys a sense of anxiety or desperation that captures what we might feel sometimes in our own desires for healing. The gospel reading we hear this morning comes at the end of a day that began in that synagogue at Capernaum where Jesus spoke with that authority, something granted to him not from humans but directly from God. Remember that from last week? Then Jesus reenacts his encounter with Satan in the desert by casting out that unclean spirit. But the evening gets even more spectacular as the whole town gathers to watch Jesus healing many sick and possessed people. But between these two dramatic and wonderful scenes, there's a quiet moment that would be easy for us to overlook. For you see, when Jesus and those four apostles get to Simon and Andrew's house, Simon's mother-in-law is there in bed with a fever. And in just two short verses later, her story ends. We don't even know what her name was. Now, if we listen from our 21st century perspective, we might miss a rich insight into her brief but very significant story. For you see, her situation was far more challenging than just a simple high temperature. 
Today, we think of a fever as just that, a biological issue that can be treated medically once we discover what the cause is. But in this ancient world, they understood illness to be a social event, something that disrupted their very social network, which was for them, just as it is for us, extremely important. Simon's mother-in-law, the wife of his father's brother, would be living at her husband's house if he were alive. If she was simply a widow, she would be living either with one of her sons or back with her pre-marriage family. But instead, she's here at the house of Simon and Andrew, which suggests that she has no other living family members to take her in. For this society, her situation was far worse than any physical sickness. Whatever set of misfortunes brought her to live with Simon and Andrew, they've also deprived her of her role and her meaning in that society and in her household. Healing for us today might involve seeking a cure in the form of medicine or surgery or therapy. And these are useful, but cures, as we all know, are not always possible. Healing in the first century Middle Eastern world focused instead on restoring people to their valued state of being within their social settings, more on just the biological or the physical ailments. So in this context, the restoring of someone's life's meaning and purpose becomes essential to healing. Healing included being accepted back into the community and that meant that healing was always possible. Jesus took her by the hand. He touched her. He lifted her up. That verb that Mark used to describe Jesus lifting her up is the same verb that Mark will use later to describe Jesus' own resurrection. With this event, Jesus' teaching and healing, two faces of the same coin, are spreading throughout the world and they become more and more inclusive each day. That morning, Jesus cast a demon out of a man. Now he's caused a fever to leave a woman. Later, he'll heal another paralyzed man. These are the beginning signs of a larger truth about God. There is no form of human suffering that Christ cannot heal. But our gospel story this morning is much more than just a story about healing. This is also the first of a series of incidents in Mark's gospel in which a woman is the only person around who seems to know what's going on and who gives the appropriate response to Jesus' healing and teaching. Later, we'll hear about the poor widow's offering of two copper coins, of the woman with the alabaster jar of nard, and finally of Mary Magdalene, 
the other Mary and Salome at the crucifixion, and then at the empty tomb. Jesus came and took Simon's mother-in-law's hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her. Do you remember what she did? Without any prompting, her response was to get up and serve. Jesus has healed her by restoring the meaning to her life, and she took the initiative to serve Jesus and those with them. She becomes the model of discipleship, the model that Jesus consistently embodied. Unlike Simon, who only tried to get Jesus to pay attention to that larger crowd that was crying to be healed, but did nothing about them himself. Simon's mother-in-law reacted by her healing, by serving Christ. For her and for us as well. There are some wounds in life, some pain, some losses, for which healing can only come by moving towards Christ's presence in our suffering. It's also important for us to remember this morning that healing is not the same as curing. Healing is not making the pain go away. Healing is not the return of that which has been lost. Healing is wholeness. Healing is finding meaning in our loss. It's discovering wholeness and meaning, even with all the cracks and holes that life leaves us with. We talk a lot about healing our broken world through our actions, and the ministries we have at St. John's aim to do just that. Through your actions and through your prayer, the body of Christ is made known in our community a little more each and every day. We are given a choice each time we witness pain and suffering in our world. We're free to choose, like Simon chose, to call attention to the suffering and to simply point it out with the expectation that someone else will take care of it. Or, like that nameless mother-in-law, once we have been touched and lifted up ourselves, we can choose to do the better part, to move toward the suffering, not to rescue everyone, not to save the planet on our own, but with acts of genuine service to those whose lives we come across every single day. In that way, Christ can transform their suffering and ours into wholeness, into love. So many people are seeking healing. And it is the unending love of Christ that makes all healing possible. That's what true healing is about. Jesus came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, 
Then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. Once touched and lifted up, how will we choose to respond?